You've reached the Union of Metro Street podcast, where we discuss the San Diego music scene of the late 80s and all of the 90s, from the shows we worked to the shows we played. Here we go. Was inciting riots, and we got Ugly Lenny here from Inciting Riots. Dude, that that's badass. I like that. I'm not. I've not heard this album, and um, dude, that that was badass. I like the breakdown. So, how you doing, brother? It's been a long time. Yeah, <laughs> years and years and years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how you been? Been great. You know, just uh, playing music and you know, living life. Yeah. So we'll we'll go through the whole history, but right now, what what bands are you doing? Currently, just uh, Inciting Riots and Thirteen Wolves are active right now, and then uh, um, I think Social Spit might still be a band. <laughs> oh, really? And uh, Confederates. Whenever Darren's in town, yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, I tried to meet up with Darren. Oh God, um, a couple of months ago. He was in town for a short spell. Yeah. Yeah, we but, we recorded then. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So, I didn't I didn't know that you were in Confederates. Yeah, uh Dave the original bass player, I guess he was going on tour with Tilt Wheel and um they're like, "Oh man, you know, he's going to be gone a while, you know." I'm like, yeah. well, "You know, I'll fill in while he's gone, you know." Yeah. And um 
So I just filled in. And then when he got back, he, instead of just taking back his place, he just became the third guitarist. And then eventually just, you know, was doing his own thing for a while. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I remember, God, hearing that that band. Who who else? Trying to remember. Who who else is in the band? Um, Todd Dammit. And then when I played, it was uh, Grant and Cameron from the Union. Grant. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Okay. So for those that don't know, we've got our history goes back to what, 90? Yeah, probably. At Union? Yeah, because I think when I first met you, I was in Public Nuisance. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. And then you get, so that would be dungeon shows. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Back playing with like RMSD and. Yeah. So when did um, Construction Through Destruction start? In 91. Like the, I was writing a lot of songs and um, pretty much had enough to do like some thing on the side and then I ended up just wanting to do my own band yeah. more. Yeah, because I remember that they um God, it's still there's so many bands back then, but then whenever a new band would come up, it seemed like everyone kind of it was one of those things where someone from one band would start with another one and then form something and then it would just start getting bigger and bigger. You know, and then yeah. <laughs> bands would just kind of fall off. Yeah, I think I get probably every band's related in some way now. Yeah, it's yeah. how incestuous it was back yeah. then. But so, and you still, we were just listening to the uh, to your seven inch here. And do you still play with anyone from back then? Um, Cause no, see- not really. Uh, the band from the seven inch, the the drummer ended up Brent. He ended up going and playing with dodgeball and then Everetti, and then uh bass player jack ended up starting his own band the teenage beer whores and then he became right. the singer of the cadaver dogs which pretty much was the neighbors with him singing you know like all the guys from the neighbors oh uh, yeah and he's yeah. still an ob i see him riding around every now and again on his bike yeah and i want to like honk at him but i don't want him to like you know Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he just uh started doing some recordings um maybe like a year ago. I don't know if he's finished them yet. Yeah, cuz we we one time we were just talking about it earlier where I came to was it Brent's house then? Yeah. Yeah. Cuz he moved out and then his parents just left his bedroom for us to practice in, so it was oh, cool that's... they tolerated that. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, I remember his uh, his dog. Every time I'd show up, like the dog would like fucking hate me, you know. And and I was like, damn, you know. I'm like, what's the problem with your dog? He's like, he's like, I don't know. It's just when he sees you, he just hates you, <laughs> you know. And uh, I think we figured it out. Like I represented noise. Like every oh, time yeah. I showed up, it got really fucking loud. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So I even went to claim jumper one time, and this when they used to have the big ass like rack of beef ribs yeah and you know i i saved all the bones i'm like i'm gonna make this dog my best friend right right so i brought the bones the next practice and then the the dog was like wagon's tailing all nice to me and shit and then next practice hated me again he's like you know like i I can't bring bones every time you know short memory yeah Yeah. (laughs) well that's like me with with the landscaping is i have the dog treats in in the truck 
So there's a couple accounts that I go to because there's one that has four dogs. And as soon as I show up there, like I'll show up in the front, get the line trimmer going, I'm doing my thing, and I can hear them in the house barking like crazy. And it's a bunch of smaller dogs. So for a while there, I would have all these treats. So I'd get into the back and then I'd have to feed. I'd feed them like two at a time. And they would all four of them line up. So I'm getting them like two and I'm doing the Bugs Bunny. And for you, and for you, and then the one, the smallest one would go around to the, it would start in the beginning, go around, like the and me boss, and me boss, so I just keep feeding them until they finally shut up, and then I can go and mow the freaking backyard. <laughs> but then there's another one that I just do it, just because as soon as I get there, I just have a handful of treats, and she eats the treats, and we hang out for a minute, and then I go and do the thing so she doesn't bark. So I've, I've learned, that, yeah, the art of, um, what is it, bribing? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the dogs. But yeah, so that was back in. God, so I started in in ninety, and then um, got, how did you find me at Soma? I don't remember. Was it because of short lived or? I think it was because you knew Kelly, and I knew Kelly, and um, we became mutual friends that way because I think she was really good friends with your girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And then well, she was um she was with Sid. Yeah. My buddy Sid. Yeah. And when I started booking Soma, I was still out in Santee. And then um he came out one day, I guess because you know, there was a whole Wiener Schnitzel and all that, and then I started doing Soma and hanging out with short lived. And then either 90 or 91, Sid just came out and said, you know, I think you should move to OB. You're going to move in with Kelly and I. So I slept on their floor in OB, and they had a one-bedroom apartment. And the bathroom was – you had to go through the bedroom to go. Oh. It was kind of awkward, but, you know, I was freaking punk rock. I didn't yeah. <laughs> care. I mean, that, was, that wasn't – at that point, God, I don't even remember. I was probably half homeless or living at my dad's again or something. And then just kind of this new place somewhere to actually play, and um, that 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 was kind of a trip actually when I think about it because it everything as we were Jerry and I were talking about earlier, everything just sort of organically happened because there wasn't really a scene anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had uh, Palisades to close down, or were the Palisades doing anything? I don't think really. I, I think so because I, I I remember. Like seeing circle jerks and stuff there, like later. Oh, okay. But, but I think uh, Soma because it was all ages and they were having a lot more shows. Plus, they you know all the local band showcases down in the dungeon. Yeah, was a lot more attractive, especially to you know local bands. Yeah. Plus, I didn't, I didn't, I pretty much booked anyone that would play for me really at that point. And then that again, you know, it's funny that I was able to do that with Len running the club. He trusted me enough to bring in because we had some freaking gnarly shows down there. Yeah. (laughs) There is speaking of. So what, what uh, do you think is your fondest memory? Which, which show was the craziest from the early, early days? Probably any show we played with the river bomb nightmare band. (laughs) Oh yeah. Those would get pretty rowdy. Um, actually, uh, I ha- actually I'm lucky. I have this show on videotape. Even is uh, we played a show, and um, <clears throat> I was playing a song, and 
during the slam pit, someone got thrown into the microphone and it hit my guitar just on like a sweet spot where I didn't notice for a little bit. Then I start playing and I hear this like, like my neck was busted. I didn't even notice, you know? Oh, no way. So I got mad and I pulled it off and I threw it on the ground and kicked it, you know? And um, Kelly was actually singing a song with us at the time. And she just like kept singing and everyone's looking at her like, what happened? Like no one saw it, you know? But then uh, I was glad I, I found out it was videotaped. And when I saw it, I was like, oh, yep, yeah, that's, that's what happened. Because I didn't even know what happened at first. You yeah. Know? I was just like, why is my guitar all fucked up? You right. Know? That's crazy. I don't even remember that. Yeah. And then I remember one time I uh, went out to the desert. They were having a desert show out there, like with Dahmer's Diner and – and like a lot of local bands went out there, Chicken Farm and stuff. And uh, so local bands were playing. There was bands from Arizona playing and uh, like face-to-face played and Rhythm Collision and stuff like that. And then the next night, face-to-face were playing in at Soma in the dungeon and CTD were opening. And I don't know if it was from the, the weather change or whatever, but um, he the Trevor from face face like busted all the strings like broke or whatever. So he used my guitar to play the rest of the set. And I remember when I got it back, I was like, damn, this thing's never been this tuned. You know, like, <laughs> like he tuned, like, I'm like, what did he do? Like it's, yeah. it's staying in tune. It's, you know. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I'd say, I don't even remember that either. This is the whole reason why this is so great. Cause I don't remember like certain Bits and pieces, you know, will will pop in and be like, "Oh yeah, I remember this and that." But like, especially the dungeon shows, I was trying to figure out a while ago. Um, we were doing a layout of Union, and you know, there's, you know, you got the stage, and then the one meat locker on the left side, and then the the green room. But back behind the soundboard, you know, there was that the stairway that went up by the bathroom. Yeah. I had completely forgotten about that for years. <laughs> so remembering those shows down there, like I have, you bring up River Bottom Nightmare Band. I have pictures of, um, I think like three or four pictures. And then um, who who was this? Well, Darren. And then um, who was the singer? Justin. Justin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Darren with his top hat. Mm-hmm. And then, God, see those shows with like, you guys, chicken farm. For me, those were the fun ones. Yeah. You guys, chicken farm, um, neighbors. Eventually, yeah, right. And then, um, but with River Bottom, and then uh, RMSD, and did Poor ever? Did you guys play with us? Yeah, with Poor? I, yeah. With it, I, actually had the flyer. I'll have to scan it and send it to you. It was like a with band called Fuss Budget. Yeah, and um. God, there's a couple other bands, but but yeah, I I, I have the flyer for that. Oh wait a minute, you know. What? In fact, I even I didn't have your logo, so I made a logo for you. And uh, was I it remember, Dahmer's Diner? May have been. God, I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I'm th- I'm thinking I do remember a flyer that I had made because yeah, back then I was just kind of handwriting. I didn't really have a logo. Mm. I kind of had one. We had some stickers made, but I think it was us Dahmer's Diner. Fuss budget and river bottom, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But I can't. God, I can't remember what. What? Um, it was only uh, what thirty-two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. I'm, I'm like, God, this is really 
pulling the freaking memory strings. But I do have the flyer for that show. It's a blue one, even. I even remember that. That's you know, Got to post that on the page. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll scan it later and send it. Yeah. And same with the that video with your with your guitar neck. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I have to transfer that. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, because, Jerry, back one, well, you kind of remember. Did you go to... We were talking about earlier. Did you go to any of the dungeon shows? Or I never went to a dungeon show. It was so bizarre because you it literally it was the meat locker, the place or whatever, um, and it was so fucking dark. You basically we only utilized the middle section of the room, but the one the offside, the green room, you know, wow, that's where STP the we did that video, and they had everyone moshing in that just so they can get the B shots and the overhead of everything. It was the most silly fucking thing. <laughs> but the idea of doing those shows down there, I thought that was like the climax of, of you know, my doing any shows. Like, I'm freaking booking bands and, you know, making friends with all these musicians. And, you know, that was it. I think um, I, I'm trying to remember if Keith Morris's Bug Lamp, if I had him play. I think I had Keith Morris and Bug Lamp play there because I was trying to get him to put circle jerks back together. And I kept telling him, if you get the circle jerks back together, you have to play for us at Soma. But that place was, it was gnarly. It was the dungeon. But there was some crazy, crazy shows there. And amazing talent that came out of that place. Yeah, there's a lot of bands that, like, I remember, but they didn't last that long. And, like, I remember there's one band, uh, Fishing Rod. Oh, yeah, yeah. Their, their band... Was, that? was it George? I actually didn't personally know them, but I'll never forget that um, they're like, yeah, we got stickers. You know, like, oh, cool. And then you go up, they're like, yeah, let me get a sticker. And they had a roll of duct tape and they'd write fishing rod <laughs> in a Sharpie and just hand you a piece of duct tape with fish, fishing rod written on it. I'm like, that's the coolest thing. You yeah. Know? Like, That'll be a buck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they were, I think it was George and um, they were friends with chicken farm because chicken farm was another one back then i still those well, you, guys you bring those guys up quite a bit i know i'm yeah that's definitely one that i harp on but ubaldo and alberto were i mean the band was just freaking amazing and so back then you know when i was doing these shows that there were certain bands that i knew that would bring in the people and, and would be like a proper punk rock show and then anything that Lenny was involved with, I knew was going to be like the shit. I just, because again, for me, I, I know I've harped on this before, but I, it, whatever made it easier to book, like when I was booking Blink and people were giving me crap about it, like Lamb was giving me crap, even Bill Silva at one point, at one point made a uh, comment about it. It's like, well, I can get a hold of them. They don't give me any shit, you know, and they show up and they're easy to work with. Did, uh, That's like the basics. Did BSP do shows at Union? No, no. He didn't. Um, when we ended up going to Metro. That's is, That's so, so basically uh, nobody back in at the Union days, there was no um, other promoters that were doing shows on at Union, right? Um, Makeda Dread would do. Um, she's the one that would do the reggae shows. No fine line um, shows there? I'm trying to remember. 
Do you remember anything with Fine Line up on the main stage? Is, is that what Mike Monroe was doing? Um, or what, no, or that that's was, Harlan. Oh, yeah, Harlan Schiffman was doing because um, he did he did a lot most of the shows at Iguana's actually back at yeah. uh, right when Union closed down, all the shows went basically to Tijuana. Yeah, the shows that we would normally do. Yeah, I, I, I loved Iguana's. Yeah, Iguana's yeah. insane. Especially like once I figured out that you could. Just drive right to it, like we're just going in, making a right, making a right. You're you know? right there. Yeah. yeah. I was like, God, why are we parking over here and, Walking you know, over. worried that our car's going to be broken into when we can just park right up to that place? You know? I was worried about getting chased over the bridge. But um, speaking of Mike Monroe, when, um, didn't he do a band? Yeah. Or- um, and then he had Red Eye Records. Yep. Oh, Freak, yeah, yeah, Freak yeah. Freak Show was the band. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I still have their demo tape. Oh no way! Because you played with them, didn't you? There. Um, this is think, seriously going to be jogging. Played with them like in uh, spirit. I mean, how many bands did Mike Monroe have on his label? I know wasn't Incubus was on his label, right? I'm not sure. I know uh, Infamous Symphony, um, the first uh, Unwritten Law, One by One. Yeah. I think they were was on they? his label. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Okay, see, this is now this is starting to jog the memories. So, um, yeah, because unwritten law, well, going, let's go back to early days, um, Puzzle Box, and, um, wasn't JD from Industrial Strength and Puzzle Box? I'm not trying to know Cameron, the drummer, Confederates in the Union, he was in Puzzle Box. Yeah, because they were another. They were more of a tradition Poway band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm trying to think of so what was, other ones. was Mike from Poway. I think he, I think he was, and I think that's how how that ended up coming to fruition. But did you guys ever play in any in any of your bands play the main stage? No, matter of fact, uh, Len could see like that we were really trying to bring people in. Yeah, you know and. Uh, it used to be like you get like a hundred people to say your name at the door and yeah. you get on the upstate uh, top stage and you know we'd maybe draw like to, uh, on a very very good day like twenty two or something you know yeah and he's like yeah you know I, I see you guys put your flyers everywhere you know um you know you guys really promote your shows I've seen you at other shows giving people flyers for your next show here and he's also uh, if you could get fifty people at your next show I'll give you guys a break upstairs so I'm like oh cool you know so yeah. You know, we, we talked to all our friends and we were like, okay, we got like 200 people saying they're going to come. You know, you figure half of them are full of shit. <laughs> yep. You know, yep. so that leaves 100. You know, it's like, you know, even if like 50 of them get sick or whatever, we still got the 50. Like, you know, you know, if one fourth of the people that say they're going to come, come, we got it, you know? Yeah. So I think that show we drew like, you know, 19, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was mad and, you know, I ended up like writing a song about it. You know, about, you know, like, 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 fuck, man, I never asked you pricks for nothing, you know. And the one time I actually do ask you, I even told right. my friends, like, I think it was five bucks to get in. I'm like, I'll give you your five bucks back, you know. Like, yeah. Like, just like, you know, you know, just we need to get a break, you know. Yeah. And, and Len's giving us a break. Yeah. You know, just fucking show up, you know. Yeah. You don't have to go to any other show. Just come to this one, you know. Well, that's the thing, too, Jerry. Is the, he, like, seriously was. Like, they worked. Like worked at flyers everywhere, and you know back then, I mean, we had our our flyers, and we put them up in all the record stores and all that. But the whole way to grow the scene organically 
was to have, you know, you have to support yourself and you have to work. And, and Lenny worked. I mean, worked. And, but the other thing, too, is when half of the people that are going to show up at your show are also in a band and playing the show, and then you add in the guest list and your crew, next thing you know, it's basically, it was kind of, I mean, the, the energy at those shows was like a house party. Yeah. And everyone was there, and they would—they were just freaking—they were the best shows. But you don't get the paying people because everyone's either in a band, or you or know, friends with the band. Yeah, with crew with the band because we did um, what two crew and then one guest per member. Yeah. So yeah, that concept was the same at Metro. Yeah, and it's you know Plus, what it and, is. You know, we were a three piece, so. A lot of places, I mean, not just Soma, but a lot of places we like, you know, we'd make up a, a guitarist. So then. So get an extra person. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, yeah. here's our guitar. Well, an extra two people because yeah. got the guitarist and his guest, yep. you know. That's funny, but it's. And then there'd be times like, you know, if we're trying to push the show, like, man, if that motherfucker doesn't show up, we're just going to play without him. Fuck that guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that was pretty smart, actually. Yeah. That worked. Oh, yeah. But it's another one of those, it's the band's band. You know, all the bands dug you guys. And then everyone that's been in a band, it's just, you know, it's just you guys were a staple. You just didn't get to that criteria. But other than Soma, where else did you guys, were you guys playing? Um, did you tour at all? Could, no. I, I don't even think we played out of San Diego, if I remember correctly. Didn't we, we didn't we didn't do anything up in Oceanside with you, or because it was kind of like poor. I mean, I didn't really. I know CTD played a lot of shows, and um, in the beginning, we weren't really that good, and like our first demo tape wasn't really that good. I mean, at the time, I'm like, this is amazing. Everyone's gonna <laughs> love us. You know, yeah. we're gonna be a fucking superstars. And then you listen to it later, like, oh, okay, that's what they were hearing. <laughs> you know. But I thought the seven inch was pretty good, and, and uh, once that came out, it was, we were starting to like. I'd hear people that I didn't know like us, or see a, a sticker on a car that someone I didn't know. Um, but then it just like ended soon after that, and became the beer goggles after that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So pretty much it was the same band. It's just like, you know, I was listening to more melodic shit like uh, Screeching Weasel and stuff. So I was like having a lot of melody lines in the songs, you know, after that. So what actually, because I don't, I don't, out of the 30 plus years I've known you, what, what got you into playing music and what did you start off with? Um, I started off wanting to be Ace Freely when I yeah. was like a kid, you know. And then I remember uh, for, for my birthday coming up, you know, my dad said, what do you want? I'm like, I want a guitar, you know, and I want a guitar just like Ace Fraley, you know, and I drew a picture of it because I didn't even know what a Gibson Les Paul was, so I just drew a picture of it and drew the sunburst on it. You yeah. Know? So he ended up getting me an acoustic guitar that, like, had the sunburst on it, you know, so it was kind of cool. And um, You remember what guitar, what type of guitar it was? Or I have the no name? idea. I, I didn't even know about that kind of shit. That's like saying, I was saying, like, the face-to-face guy when he tuned my guitar good i was like whoa like you know and when i tell people that i was like well what kind of guitar was it i'm like uh i think it said west or something somewhere on it like i don't know you <laughs> yeah. know like it was yeah. a black one you yeah know? what kind of pickups uh, square ones you know like i didn't know you know 
I hear people go like, oh, EMG, this, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude, you know, I have no idea. I don't care. I'm like, if it sounds good, it sounds good. You know, I'm, I'm still kind of that way to this day. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's like, it sounds good. And if it doesn't, like, what can I do to make it sound good? Someone else could tell me because I fucking don't know. <laughs> Got to give back to Trevor. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually, you know, if if I ever can get a hold of him, he's been ignoring me. I guess um, I shouldn't send roses when I send him an email, but um, or maybe I should send roses. But they've no, been, I, they've been on tour actually. Trevor, yeah, Face Face has been playing shows lately. Oh, they have. Yeah, but actually, I did talk to um, Rob via Messenger, but I don't know. I think when I send messages out to people, usually they're like, "Term, is, is that guy still around?" <laughs> God, it's. I thought he was killed by a skateboard. I think someone hacked your account. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And that that did happen to me quite a bit. I think I probably brought it on myself because I don't understand social media or shit. But um, no, I was the same way with with instruments and stuff. But so you get the the mock Ace Fraley guitar from your dad. And then. Yeah. And then I I just I think I think I started playing getting influenced by like punk rock stuff because I, I wasn't that good. And I was like, I'm like, Whoa, I accidentally just figured out no values, you know, or, yeah. you know, or like, Whoa, like fucking listen to circle jerks or seven seconds or something. You're like, I can play these songs. You know, did you do the, uh, smoke on the water? Oh yeah. And, and, you know, iron man and par- <laughs> paranoid. You're like, Whoa, I could like go f- down, up and down strings, you know? Yeah. 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 And so what age was that? I was probably like, 12 maybe yeah. okay yeah that's that's about the same for me i took a guitar class in 11th grade and i got a d but <laughs> the main thing that i got from it is the scar above my nose i was pulling up the sheet stand and i finally got it loose enough and went <clears throat> hit me up above my nose oh jeez. and it was bleeding and someone in class had told me and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so then I went home, and my mom goes, put a Band-Aid on it and go back to school. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I had to go back to school. But, you know, there's guys in there noodling around, like Eddie Van Halen and Ingway Malmsteen, yeah. and I'm and I'm going, oh, fuck. And that's why I ended up playing the bass, because I couldn't play the freaking guitar. And I still, I can't do power chords or anything, but I play the bass kind of like a guitar if I pseudo-knew. You know, and then... Again, for me, it's if I add enough distortion, then I can cover up. Yeah, and then I know how to tune it. I figured that out a while ago. So yeah, I actually think I got better at guitar um, at CTD practices. You know, you know. Sometimes we just loosen up with a song, but sometimes we just like fucking fuck around and just do some blues jam or just whatever. And and you know, I, I when I first started trying to play solos like mark would play some bass line or whatever and then brent would start playing drums it, you know i'd try to play solos and they'd sound like greg ginn like kind of where they're not really in tune and not right know. and then after a while i was like oh well like i could hear where my fingers are supposed to be you know oh yeah so i think just like just the little jams you know kind of made me better you know where i was able to start writing better shit i guess and then you get confidence yeah. Because, you know, they're sitting there. And plus, you know, when you're in there and you're in the moment, you know, you start figuring out because that's how. And then and then I, I um because I was so bad at even bass, that's why I went to vocals. And then so that's how I sort of built my confidence. Mm. 
And then eventually I was able to do bass and vocals at the same time, but it's still, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to brag about having any talent at all. I can tune <laughs> the guitar or my bass for that matter. So then speaking of after that, when, what age did you guys start? Oh, wait a minute. Before CTD, it was. Yeah, actually my first. Public nuisance. My first band, I ended up switching to bass when I was like like 14 or 15 because you couldn't join a band as a guitar player because everyone played guitar. Right, right, yeah, So yeah. Well, who do they need? Who do people need? Oh, well, everyone needs a drummer. I'm like, I can't play fucking drums. You yeah. know, like, you know, uh, so I'm like, well, what else? She was like, keyboards? I'm like, no, bass players, you know, like, you need a guitar player. You knock on your neighbor's door. Hey, bro, we need you to play guitar for us, you know? Yeah. So I couldn't play drums. So I'm like, I could pick up bass, you know? So I just started playing bass and then, I joined this band, United Youth, and uh, the drummer of that band um, was in public nuisance, and their bass player left, or, and I saw him at a iguana show, and he was like, yeah, we need a bass player. Why don't you come down? You know. So then I started playing with them, and then after that, I just started CTD, which became Beer Goggles, and then when Beer Goggles was over, it was what, right when I joined Confederates. <clears throat> Then I went to jail for like six months. And then when I got out, I I wanted to do my own band again. Yeah. But it just wasn't happening. So I still played with Confederates. And then um, they moved to Oregon. So then I wasn't doing anything for a while, but I was writing a lot. And then, uh, then I joined Tiltwill for like a year or two. That was fun. And yeah, then, what year was that? That was about like ninety nine, I think. Oh wow, okay. Ninety, yeah, nine, yeah, I think ninety nine, two thousand, somewhere in there. And then um, that's around the same time I started getting Stein rides together. So Stein rides like officially started October of two thousand. Oh wow! Yeah, and it was the bass player Tim who was in uh, Beer Goggles. And then the drummer was guy Dan Scum I'd met through the Confederates guys. Yeah, actually Dan's the one that so shout out to Dan, but he's the one that said that um Darren was in town. Yeah. And then so damn, twenty two years. Yeah. <laughs> Did do you tour? Have you been touring with it at all or No, we we talked about it here and there, but nothing ever happened. So it's pretty much for fun now. Yeah. But we were talking about earlier about, especially if bands are trying to tour right now with the gas prices and everything. Mm. I mean, it's bad enough when you go on tour. And if you're a small band, especially on an independent label, you know, if you're going to go out and tour, so then you have to have your merch. But then you add on, you know, lodging and everything else. If you sleep in the van or you get an RV, you know, the gas alone is going to eat up any profits you make from anything that you have invested in it any of your merch or any, you know, CDs or, or vinyl. And, um, you know, we got the, uh, we have CCD vinyl here. Let's, how much did that cost? Cause we were talking about that earlier. How much did that cost for, um, to press and how many did you press? Well, when, when we did and that, this was in, that was what, like 90, 93. Yeah. Um, I think it was like 800 bucks for 500. And um, then we ended up getting half off because they fucked up. 
Yeah. Like cutting off, they cut off a couple seconds of a song. Um, so it costs like 400, but net, and then the turnaround was, you know, I think we had them in like a month and a half. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it was cool. Like, and then we just did all the covers at Kinko's and whatever the color of the month was, they used to have a color of the month. Yeah. You know, that's what color our, our seven inch covers were that at that time we'd go and like, you know, print like 20 at a time or something. Yeah. 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 So that's why there's like red ones, blue ones, yellow ones, white ones, black ones, you know, like whatever the color of the month was. That's oh, what that's color awesome. they were. Yeah. So those are all the collector's item ones for the hardcore collectors. The limited editions. Yeah. yeah. I still, I think out of those 500, I still have like 250 left. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you don't put them up and try to. I try to get rid of them. I try to give them away even. Because you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the one thing that I've never done out of all the bands that I've ever done. I mean, poor, there was, I mean, that, that band was pretty loosely put together, but. You know, minus me, they were doing Damnation. So they had been on comps, and um, I, they put out a couple things. But I never, you know, I didn't even fathom. I, we didn't even put out a demo tape. It was just like, we're not going to be able to do anything with this freaking band. See, a record just feels real. Like, you're like, like you know, I'm, I have a record. It's yeah. My band on vinyl, you know? And yeah. I think that was, like, the main thing, you know? It's like... I personally, you know, I know it's not punk rock to say, but I don't really give a shit about vinyl, you know. I'd rather have a clean sounding, like, I don't like record pops and shit, you know. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'd prefer a CD over a, a record, but it just feels real. Like, I have a record in my hand, you know. Yeah. But even the seven inches, I've, I've, I still buy seven inches off, off bands and stuff, but I prefer when they come with the download card. You know? Oh, yeah. So I have a bunch of unplayed seven inches, too, you know. That when they have the download card, you know, that was always my thing was to get vinyl. Yeah. And out of all the bands that I've done, I've got. I tried to figure out the other day all the different bands that I've done, and I've never done vinyl. I love vinyl. I like the cracks and the pops. I'm yeah. the exact opposite. But it just to me, I, I don't know the. That's what I grew up with, and I kind of I was one of those when um you know I like cassette tapes still, and we have quite a few here. But when CDs came in, it was like, I don't know, it's not traditional. And I mean, it's realistically, it's easier. It was cheaper. And I've got more CDs out than, you know, I even remember all the names for. Because we would do our demos on them. And then, you know, they've still, if I go through my archives, I'm going to find crap that have, you know, Sharpie drawn name on it. Like one band, Weird, Weird Al-Qaeda. And it was just like recordings that we did while rehearsing that we pressed. And it was so much easier to do. Yeah. But no, I want I want vinyl. And so to this day, eventually I might get it if I have enough money and, and a band to do it with, but well, yeah. the nowadays it's so like you know, after you're on a record then then CDs were starting to be like first coming out and are like yeah i want to be on a cd you right know? right and they were expensive as fuck to make then you know i know and now it's like you know they're dirt cheap to get done you know like these are like i i get them done dirt cheap you know and uh but also like you know because you it's we can do them and no one even wants a cd anymore you know we have trouble getting rid of them uh because everyone downloads everything yeah which is cool, you know, as long as they hear the music. Yeah. You know, but uh, 
so we're actually going to we're our next thing is going to be in a record, you know, first uh, sign riots oh, that nice. we're recording later this month. All right, cool. You got to let me know about that. And two, you know, we but can. Like, I was just looking into the lead time on that, and it's like ten months. <laughs> yeah, and what's the cost on that now? Uh, it's pretty ridiculous. I'm gonna have to like, talk to people because, you know, we're just like out of pocket costs were like seen around like ten bucks a piece, and that's like, yeah. a low run. I'm like, damn. You know? Because I, you know, I, I bought some seven inches from bands and they're like expensive. I'm like, damn, I remember seven inches for like three fifty or five bucks at the most. You know? Yeah, yeah. Now they're like fifteen bucks or something, twenty bucks. Because even like a twelve inch was like back in the day was uh was like twelve dollars or something. Yeah. Now it's like for an LP, it's like what thirty five bucks for vinyl. Yeah, yeah. crazy. And then, well, we go to this place at the swap meet at Kobe's. And um, that's where we try to look for this one guy. We always go there and look through his vinyl. And there's stuff there that I wish I had gotten, you know, 30 years ago or even longer. It'd be like 50 bucks. I'm like, 50 bucks for this? So then, now it's kind of turning to where I'm going, hmm, I should just get it on CD. And then I have to remember, where do I have a CD player? Oh. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, in the truck. Oh, I don't really listen to... It's like it's completely shifted. I'm so far behind and, and off kilter, and I don't really download stuff. V downloads. She's got a ton of music. But, again, it's like, I mean, she'll have it on her phone, right? And I still haven't figured out how to get stuff downloaded onto my phone. So that's why I just love the vinyl. But it's it's an investment now. And that makes it even harder, you know, if you're out trying to promote yourself. So that's why you got to do, you know, shows and the, the shirts and all that. But, I mean, I got here, you know, the inciting writing, riots. And then um, let's – when did this – I love this artwork. Thirteen Wolves. So how did this come to fruition? I think I'm like their ninth ba- bass player. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not like that. I'm the longest running bass player. But um, I actually saw them play – a couple shows and I thought it was cool. And um, one thing I like about that band, I, I usually don't even tell people I'm in the band, you know, just like, just like we're all, we all have like alter ego names on there. Yeah. And uh, the cool thing about it is, you know, you're wearing masks. No one knows who the fuck you are. You can jump around like a goofball and, and not feel dumb. you know. Right. So it, it's, it's a lot of fun. The, the concept reminds me of, a uh, few things, and one thing that comes up immediately is Brujeria. And I don't know um, that is. you haven't heard Brujeria? Uh-uh. Oh, they're insane. They're on um, Alternative Tentacles, and it's um, God, how would I describe them? They're well, they do their songs in Spanish. They're, they're death, ten- death metal band and death Spanish. metal. Band. Yeah, yeah. And um, Dino's in that band, right? Or was he or? was one of the original members? Yeah, yeah. And they're just. I like, it's all in Spanish. It's so good. You know, well, Jill Biafra picked them up for alternative tentacles, so. But they all have masks, you know, so you can't really see. And it's not like the mentors where you know who it is. It's yeah. like you just, you don't really know unless you're in the, so it's all about the music. And I've never played with the mask on, but that's got to, dude, that's got to be gnarly. It, it, the sweating sucks, you know. And I remember my my first show playing with them. I had a you know I'd only been in the band like a couple of weeks or something, so I made a little cheat sheet. You know, like I, I just like little notes, 
and I put it down like where someone would have their normal set list, you know. So we're playing and I'm looking at my cheat sheet and the singer like kicks it like on accident out there. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't know how the next song starts, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I end up like getting it back. But yeah, it, it's this like there's times like sweating in the eyes, you know, you're playing with your eyes closed because you're sweating, you know. Right. But I mean, and not being able to drink. I was even thinking of getting like a long ass straw, you know, to like having a beer, you know. Oh, one of those camelback things with the straw, or <laughs> just just like a like a long ass pixie straw. Anything, <laughs> yeah. When did you start playing with them? Um, it's been a while now. Like, shit, I don't even know now. Like 2015, maybe. Oh damn, 14. God, I don't even remember. <laughs> how many how many shows did you guys play at um Metro? And what bands were you in at that time? At Metro, I know I played a couple shows with Public Nuisance. And yeah, I remember the the one show with Public Nuisance we played down there in the dungeon. We had a song called Death From Above. And there was a, a guy in the audience that was like heckling our singer. Like, I don't even know what that means or something. And um, I remember they were like arguing. I'm like, oh, they're going to like. I thought there was going to be like a, a fight right there, you know. Um, but I ended up going cool. Was that at Metro or at, at uh, Union Downtown? Oh, oh, at least Union Downtown. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't, I don't think. Oh, though, I think the only time I played Metro was Everetti were supposed to play a show and uh, they couldn't make it. And so. Brian called me up and he's like, Hey, we can't make this show. You want to just go and say you're us and play? I'm like, Yeah, that's cool, you know. Yeah. So we showed up and uh originally we had planned on um just playing the song This Place Sucks by the Queers. Yeah. And just playing it and then leaving. Yeah. You know, and uh we ended up um we got there and there's a whole bunch of people came early, not to see us because they didn't even know we were playing, you know. And we ended up playing a a whole set and it was a lot of fun. But I think the only time I played there was as ever ready because um, they couldn't make a show. Trying to, that's so, the one, that's the one that's by the sports arena, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, well, no, that's, no. Um, that's the one now. Yeah. No, the, sport, the, the um, Metro is by uh, office depot and Tia Leo's off, off Moreno. Oh, I don't think I've ever played that one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't. So Metro was Metro was around from '94 to '99. Yeah, because then at that time, well, then that was where I played. I probably just got it confused. Yeah, because because uh, so this would have been like '96. Yeah, then it would have been Metro. Yeah, um, and Jeremy, you would have you were doing the shows then. Yeah. So I must have. God, see, I don't even them. remember that. You booked Ever Ready and it wasn't Ever Ready. Yeah. <laughs> and then you show up and I'm like, <laughs> what happened to the band? Why so who, who would have played with you? Would that be, well, he goes by Jack now, but. Um, actually, it would have been Tim who, who replaced Jack in the beer goggles. And then I believe Brent was the drummer then. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember that. That's pretty cool, though. See? Yeah. yeah it, was I, a, it was, a, I believe it was. Jawbox and Jawbreaker and Everready. I think that's that's what the show was. 
If I remember, okay, I, don't, I don't even remember. That sounds like that sounds like a Casbah show. No, it, it, yeah. was, it was definitely Soma. Yeah, that would be um, because Jawbox, um, they were, they would do decently, but they weren't. Oh, you know, I think I do remember that, and I remember just being like, "Oh, fuck it," just because I don't think, I think Len booked that show. So was that a main stage show? It'd be a side stage. Yeah, side it was stage? side stage. Yeah. yeah. But it wasn't because it was, you know, the, the, only only three bands. Do I do remember that? Yeah, and it was, yeah, like I don't remember if it was only three bands. I just I think so because then you guys would have been playing a longer set, and then yeah, a twenty minute set. Yeah, yeah. So it, it probably probably would have played about a thirty minute set. I remember seeing the the flyer. There was little things that happened there, like. The Iron Maiden was supposed to play, and then they canceled, and I was all stoked about it. And then I found out later that it was them with a different singer. It wasn't Bruce. So I'm like, well, what the hell? (laughs) But I was excited because Iron Maiden was the first show that I had ever, first official show that I saw at the sports arena when I was- And to play a small venue. 15 or- Would have been crazy. Even then, yeah. Yeah, that would have been incredible. Seeing him try to fit Eddie- in that oh, yeah. venue, <laughs> you know, and that would have been, um, God, I don't remember what tour that was. Well, they posted the flyers on the Facebook page. Oh, they so, did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have to go. Uh, Fear search. Factory is opening for that on that tour. Oh, okay. So, oh, when, yeah, that's right. That's so right. So, when we have Dino and he'll, he'll to probably talk about that. Yeah. Cause I do, I might get, I got to get more information from that. But, um, so speaking of, Shows that were crazy and shouldn't happen. What was what was your favorite like crazy show that you've done? Like sticks out the most out of every show you've done that you've played with all the bands. Probably have to be Confederate shows because they were always like wild. Yeah, like there were some times where you know we make it through a song and a half, and then the place is like just destroyed. You know, and then uh. I remember one time when I was in CTD, we played a show with River Bottom down at this place called the Gorilla Pit. I think it's down in Chula Vista or down south. Mm-hmm. And um, they had all of these neon lights, and all oh, those got all smashed. <laughs> and I was worried about my brother because he, he he would get really drunk then and and be like, "Come on, like you know, to come on and slam or whatever." But you know, when you can't hear someone saying that, it almost looks like you're like, "Come on, motherfucker, I'm gonna kick your ass." Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> so like, there was a couple. I remember that show. I was like, we played like maybe like six songs. We're like, "Okay, thanks," you know, like <laughs> scoop my brother up and you know just. Yeah, I actually um, had the most fun playing backyard parties, but no one really does that anymore. Yeah, what well, we were talking about that also. There's um, because the Chula Vista scene's already always been pretty, you know, South Bay and all that had a great scene. Chicken Farm came out of well, you know, POD and and um, amenity. Yeah, all the 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 hardcore came out of there, and um, the oh, this is what I was thinking of the sewer shows. Have you done any of those? No, I never. I never got into those. Yeah. Because I'm trying to remember where I'd heard about them, but I guess those are some like they bring generators down. Yeah, I don't the, know if it's the, down the in Pirate Punks. Were doing a lot of those. Okay, parts. that's who it is, the Pirate Punks. And uh, they bring generators in. Yeah. And do that whole thing. 
And it kind of reminds me of, of this free spirit of like, kind of like iguanas, but like a backyard party. Yeah. Cause it's all word of mouth. And they, they even did shows at, at like that was in a backyard and they just called it the yard and, you know, no address oh, on yeah, the flyer. Yeah, yeah. It was just all word of mouth. You know, I, I played at shows at the yard with a social spit. So what's going on with the um, social spit right now? And, um, nothing at the moment, you know, since we haven't played since before COVID, I just saw Cliff a couple weeks ago, actually at a, at the decry show. That was cool. And who's in the band now? It's actually the same people from like 1988, like, uh, Johnny playing guitar, Javier on drums, Cliff singing, and then, and then I'm playing bass. Well, you... Did you play the um yeah, you played the Casbah show. Yeah, I've I've played with went. Social Spit since two thousand four because on in two thousand five they were gonna do the twenty fifth anniversary shows. Oh, okay. Just been playing with them ever since. How'd that come across? Um Dan uh, played drums in Sign Riots. Uh he was playing with them. Or like, and then they were looking for a bass player, and he just recommended me. Oh, okay. So then I started playing with them. Yeah. And do you do any out of San Diego with them, or is... we, we? I think we play like up, up. I think it's Oceanside, but yeah, pretty much all San Diego County. And then Ramona, right? Was yeah. it Main stage, is it called? Uh, Ramona. Yeah, we played. We played a couple shows there, like with Di and. I don't remember the other ones. I think Angry Samoans might have even been the same show. <laughs> oh, that would be a good show. Speaking of Angry Samoans, were you at that Vandal show? The infamous Vandal show? No, I wasn't. Yeah. I heard all about it, but I wasn't there. Yeah. Any other equipment fucked up? And yeah. 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 My wife and I were talking about the uh, that the other day because she loved the Palisade. She was going there. Really young. Yeah, I love that place, too. And um, for some reason, you know, that was like, that was, you know, when we first, come here, buddy, my dog is, when we first started doing shows, we'd have to have, you know, you, if you were 18, you're fine, but under 18, you had to have someone over 18 to sign you into the club. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, like Palisades and other places, California Theater, they had some great shows, and that was kind of my whole idea was to try to do those shows, but do them at Soma. Mm. So, you know, I tried to get the exploited for years and years and years. And then um, once we started to get the formula working at Soma and started bringing in some of those other bands, I always looked at the old flyers that Tim would do, you know, Tim Mays, which yeah. he still kind of does at, at the Casbah, trying to get that same feel. But it never really... I mean, we were a bit more organized, I guess. But that being said, it was also the scene was kind of gnarly for a while whenever the skins would show up. So in the back of my head, whenever we had like when Fear played and we opened up for him, I was always worried that the skins were going to get a little aggressive. But then we had all the Samoans who kept everyone at check. Yeah, uh, Cliff actually audio taped that show, that Fear the, show. The Fear show? Yeah. Oh, wow. So he's got me? <laughs> I, I know he's got the fear. I don't know if he if he taped the other bands. That was such a great show. Yeah, I, I was at that one. What what other bands did you guys play with with uh, Social Spit? Are you still 
getting to play with some of the old old timers or yeah i mean we have like i said we haven't played in a while but like we you know we played with gbh and and angelic upstarts that was a good one what how are those shows like any of the they get as crazy as back in the day or because no. i mean social spit he's cliff's been doing it i remember him doing it like i i think i had him play once or twice maybe at the the union street but um yeah he's been playing i mean he's a staple in this town that was he started oh i remember once i went to um went to his place in point loma there's some crazy party there but i'd already started doing soma at that point but um yeah, because he used to make like spe- like the exploded to come down, and then they stayed at his place, and he'd make spaghetti. For That's her. right. Yeah, yeah. I heard a story about I think it was him that was Arnie Mwadi's mohawk for him, oh, and that was just kind of like one of those little urban myths that I heard about as a kid, you know. But um, yeah, Cliff's been around. God, they were doing shows. What eighty four, eighty five? He started doing that. Yeah, it's a, they, I remember even back then, like, you know, like at Palisades, like it'd be like Surf Jerks, Adolescents, Surf Spit. You know, yeah. Like, like they were playing all those shows too. So playing with him, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. That's, I mean, he's a legend. Mm. Yeah, I, I I really like playing with them because, you know, I could pretty much, you know, they, I mean, they have their songs, but then, you know, I have freedom to fuck around and do shit, you know. Are you guys writing any new music with them or? Yeah, the, um, we actually record. I've recorded with them like three or four times, and nothing's ever happened with the recording. So, yet yeah. they did, the social spit put out a "Watch It Burn" um, last last year, just a single on, oh, really? on Mystic Mystic Records. Oh wow, that, that's Doug Moody's old. Yeah, it's Doug Moody's label. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah, we 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 all the stuff that. Of the stuff we've recorded, like in the, you know, since I've been in the band, there's been some songs on comps, and that's about it. Yeah. Anything that we can pull up and play right now? Well, I can play. I can play. Watch it burn. By, yeah, from social. Yeah, spin. I want to hear that. I haven't heard anything from them in a while. You want to play it now? Yeah. Did you play on this song with them? I'm not sure. I, I've recorded that song a couple times with them, so I'm not sure if it's this is the version or if this is the old version. Is this the Doctor No song? This is yeah. the this is the newer. Uh, it came out on, in 2020 on a Mystic, so we can check it out here.
I love that song. Yeah, so uh, I could tell by the lyric in the middle. So we recorded that in 2016 because you know how uh, Kyle would always change the year. Like, oh, you yeah. Know, Modern Crusade 85, you know. So he was like 16. So I'm like, oh, well, we'll record that in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it got put out on anything. That is awesome. No, I, I remember that song from, excuse me, the early days. I, I, was, um, so I was still living in Santee. So this would be pre-Soma, and I would put on that, and I remember I had this apartment in the second story, and I'd go and just sit there, and that's where I started writing stuff that eventually ended up being poor stuff, and my concepts of actually um, working with Short-Lived when they were still called Oppressed. Oh, jeez. So, and I was still working at Wiener Sinitza with Chris Fields and, and Ray Cam, and, and um, God, who else was there? Jeff. Dave, Dennis, you know, basically short-lived, and Chris Fields. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's a great song. My Lord. What I remember a- when Cliff worked at Off the Record, yeah. um, I was I was talking to him about you know music and stuff, and at that time they had just recorded um, st- the No Place Like Home stuff, because I was like, oh, hey, yeah. you guys have anything? You know, I got your 7-inch, you got any other stuff? And... Um, He's like, yeah, we just recorded. It. Uh, bring me a tape, and I'll I'll make you a copy. I'm like, cool. So I, you know, I brought him like a TDK XL90 tape, like real yeah. good quality. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember he taped me like he jam packed it full of shit. I was, like they probably recorded, you know, more, you know, twice as much as they put out on that album. And uh, like even a cover of like War Pigs by Black Sabbath. And oh stuff. wow, yeah, it's pretty cool. And then you know maybe like two months later tape gets eaten up in, in my car stereo or something. No way. Yeah, so I'm like, like man, I really love that tape, you know. If I bring you another tape, and he was totally cool. He's like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm like, cool, you know. I just thought it was cool that, you know, like, you know, someone showed interest in his music, and he was like, fuck yeah, you know, I want you yeah. to have it, you know. Yeah, I still have that vinyl. I think my wife actually has a copy of it as well, because that's one of the bands she remembers from back in the day. Actually, I have told him this later on, but um, I remember I bought the live spit seven inch. It was like on Mystic, and it was blue vinyl. And I think uh, I have that as well. And uh, I, you know, the off the record bags, you know it. So I go to my girlfriend's house, and I forget that I have the bag in in the back dash, you know, and uh, it gets warped in my car. Oh no! So I'm like, fuck, you know, I just bought this, you know, and. Uh, I think I think I was working at Burger King then, so like three dollars and fifty cents was a lot of money. Like oh, I have yeah. to work a whole hour for this seven inch. You know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, sorry, I brought it back, and I was like, 
yeah, man, I went, I went to put the 7-inch on, and it's just like this, the needle's bouncing. <laughs> and then I look at it, and I don't know if it's a manufacturer's defect or something. You know? <laughs> so I'm probably playing it off like I bought it like that. And, yeah. And I think because it was his band, he was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, I don't know how that happened, but, you know, just trade it out. <laughs> That's funny. But then I told him later, I'm like, yeah, I fucking left it in the car. I got <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've got – yeah, I'm pretty sure I got that as well. But yeah, so he worked it off the record. That's, I mean, that's where us and the short lived guys would go mm. to get records. Yeah. And you well, buy all the demo tapes there too. That's, I think, that's where I bought most of the demo tapes from local bands. Yeah. Which had, off the record? That would be the one in college. Yeah. It's a tire shop now, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. And um, I actually do, I have a couple of accounts around there. So I drive by it all the time and I look at it. And because they had the one building. That is a tire shop, and then they had... That's the one other. Jay worked at, right? Yeah. And um, with Curtis, I believe, who ended up buying... I believe he, he ended up buying... Um, buying the one building or... And then... No, the, the business, and then they consolidated into the one that's now the tire shop. Because, you know, they had the one... You, New records, wasn't it? New records on one in the one building, and then the one that's the tire shop that's kind of an angle was the used stuff or something. I don't, I don't even remember. I, I, I remember it just being one building. I remember a lose record, yeah. I was, gonna, I was gonna say yeah. lose was like lose that, had but two, that, yeah, that wasn't in the same area at all, or maybe it's got my yeah, I think you, so. I think you got them mixed up. I didn't remember the other because you go at lose, you'd have the new stuff, and then you would go out the door and come outside to the across and you that's where all the used stuff with with the videos and yeah. everything yeah yeah and they used to have like the like bands when they'd come to town and they'd go to off the record and do their record signings whatever N- nirvana and, yeah i don't remember that but, but yeah i heard about that and uh they went to like, um, I remember circle jerks and bad religion and corrosion conformity and and i remember i was like like wow this is like so cool like i'm like flipping through records and there's a drummer of coc you know like yeah you know you yeah, I, I guess that's one thing that I always thought was cool about punk rock is like, you know, it's just like, yeah, I'm just a dude too, motherfucker. You know, yeah. like, I like looking through records and, you know, you know, I was used to like, you know, you, you're not going to run into fucking Bruce Dickinson at Burger King. You know? Oh, no, no. <laughs> well, there was the whole thing about, I mean, you wouldn't run into even hardly anyone but punkers. I mean, metal guys, you know, they weren't even on the radar, but half the time. You could be at the record store looking for something, and then someone would say, hey, you know that blah, blah, blah was in there. Oh, really? Where? Where? Because, you know, they're just in there buying records like everyone else. And off the record was the place down here. I didn't go up to lose because I couldn't ride my skateboard that far. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, But then once I started doing the flyer route, and then the other one was like uh, Blue Meanie out in El Cajon. Yeah. And uh, Norm ended up, Norm from Psychotic Waltz ended up running that. But the um, Hillcrest off the record is the one that Nirvana played at. And so at that point, I was living with Kelly and Sid, or I think Kelly was still there. They ended up splitting at some point, and it was just Sid and I. Because I remember we would have bologna sandwiches, and we we were roughing it. It was It was bad. But... Sid had came back and said, hey, you know, you should go to Off the Record. There's this band Nirvana playing there. Was that the one you were talking about, like, when they played that one? Yeah. yeah. 
And I I was like, ah, nah. I I either I said I either heard of them or something. I'm like, ah, nah. They're they're no, nah. because I was still kind of scouting bands, and then plus they weren't local, so it wasn't eh, not that big of a deal. Yeah, I remember they had the they had like black and white photos at the at the counter where you go and pay. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The glass counter was underneath the glass. Yeah. Yep. That that was an, one of the really big fuck ups. I should have gone because I I could have talked to him. I could have probably had him play Soma, and then you know because um, what's his face? Uh, Dave played. Dave Grohl played in Scream. They played um Union. before me. Yeah, he played Union, and um, and the Foo Fighters and, played Metro. Yeah, on the first tour, and that that was because Pat Smear was with them. So I got to talk to Pat. That was cool. You know, that was like yeah, but um, yeah, off the record was amazing. And the Cliff was there. Um, what's her face? They they started a band Contra Guerra. Oh, Jackie Star. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was I liked them. Yeah. With um and they well, it was I believe Era was the bass player and then Kevin on guitar. But Era lived with Ara at the cave. Remember the ninth? Yeah. And uh do you ever go to any of their shows? No. I, I, I the I think the only time I saw them was at Iguana's. He had like the long American flag pants on. Oh yeah, yeah. They shot the video um, for Romeo and Juliet. There's some there, and you can see Jeff from um, Dahmer's Diner and Short Lived and Chris Fields in that. Chris, when he still had hair, mm. like long hair, right in the front. And Ken had these pants. He he took an American flag and made them into pants. It's such a good band. And they, that's, you know, the origin of them and short-lived and all that but because of the ninth is the reason why len took me serious about booking bands at soma so that's you know i still hold that as a high praise to this day we talked about it many times i still get giddy thinking about it and then jamie the drummer that's the image on the back of my leather jacket he had this at one one point only he was really mellow and just kind of like this quiet guy but for some reason he had uh liberty spikes so that image, black and white image, is what I painted on the back of my leather jacket. And um, Kelly was huge into them as well. We yeah, I remember were. the guitar player of Paul Nuisance. He's the one that got me into them. And I remember he kept singing, like, like murdered by the FBI. I'm like, well, what do you keep singing? And, yeah. You know, and I thought that was the name of the song. It's called Jackie's Dress or something like that. Yeah. And um, he had the demo tape, and I taped it off him. I think Ray might have uploaded all that stuff on YouTube now. So anyway, he uploaded a lot of the old, like short lived and King Wheelie and all that stuff. Oh wow, we do have the Behave. Um, I think it's a four song demo by the Ninth, and somewhere I do have um, recordings. I think that Ara had done from shows at the Cave because. At their house, they had this sign in back. It was basically the living room. They took, they made these two booths like in a restaurant, and then they had palisade seats. Again, the palisades come up, mm. three rows of them. I believe they were palisades. But, and they put them in the living room, and then they made this little stage, and then there was a sign with the lights going around. It said the Dick Floyd Show. And that was, an, I was going to use that as a name of a band <laughs> years ago, but it, that band never came to fruition. 
which is probably I've actually, a good I, thing. The minute you said the Dick Floyd show, I could totally picture it, Dallas. So I've seen that a picture of that somewhere. I don't know if it's on someone's record or, or something. No, actually, you know, it might be in the the short lived record. Um, all the agony, I believe, is the name of that one. Yeah, it's got the collage of all the. Actually, were you in that as well with the collage of all the people? Or I don't, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I may have been. I, I don't think so because I, I, I didn't know them till that was out. Because I, I remember I, I bought a cassette of that off of them. Mm-hmm. It had like a different cover, but it had an extra song that wasn't on the record. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the the one my claim to fame back then was Happy Day, where. We all, we got a whole bunch, and some of the girlfriends and, and friends, we all went in. And I think it was at uh, Jeff Forrest Double Time. Mm. I think that's where it recorded. And we all did the chorus, just sang Happy Day. I was like, yes, finally. So that's as close to being on vinyl as I am, <laughs> is doing backup with about 12 other people. But someday, I still, you know, once I get 10 grand and I'll press the record from something that, we write or maybe we'll do a podcast on it or something but um yeah sam sam was drumming for inside rides for a little while oh really yeah yeah we record with we did a music video he's in too yeah. is there a recording of that that out um just on just the music video we didn't the, oh actually one of the one of the songs was on a, a mystic comp um they're they were trying to do a comp with a bunch of people do so, doing songs under a minute. So we had a song that was like forty seconds that we put on there. Oh. The farting is uh, it's bleeding through. I can hear it in my headphones. That's my dog with its toy that farts. Oh, <laughs> so he's around here somewhere making fart noises, and he's getting antsy for sure. But um. Then we're gonna wrap up things here. Uh, what uh, you're saying? Inciting rights has a you're working on? Yeah, we're we're, we're recording on the 23rd, April 23rd, um, for hopefully a seven inch. That's the plan. Yeah. You know? So we're doing like four songs for that. Then we're recording a couple extra songs just for fun. And uh, and 13 Wolves, we're playing a show in a couple weeks and. And uh, we're planning on recording again. We did this. I have this on vinyl, too. I have to get you a copy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I love vinyl. And uh, so we're planning on doing another full length. But we haven't really talked about a certain time. Because this will probably come out. um, I've got it worked out with the Buzzsprout. So I'm figuring this will probably come out in a couple months. So I'll give you a heads up before so we can promote it and everything and do whatever drops. But in the meantime, um, any uh, what are the your Facebook and all that where people can find out about the bands that I can I can uh, do a little. Facebook's the the thing I'm on the most is uh, I think it's just facebook.com slash Insign Riots. Okay. And then uh, InsignRiots.com has free songs plus our band camp, all of our music's on Bandcamp for free. Okay, cool. Search inside and riots, and it's all on there for free. Like every, I think everything we put out is on there, um, except for like covers because they don't let you put covers on there. Okay, and then uh, Thirteen Wolves, and Thirteen Wolves 
uh, have have Facebook page. I think it's the same where it's just like Facebook.com slash the okay. Wolves. Yeah. And then of course social spit. Yeah, so yeah, social spit I think have two two Facebook pages. I think one's run by Johnny and one by Cliff. Yeah. Nice. So actually when I think about it, when you stack them all up like that, you're freaking busy, dude. Yeah, I, I was actually <laughs> too busy for a while like i had more stuff going on but i had to scale back <laughs> yeah so yeah the main focus is sign riots okay cool 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 and you can find that on uh itunes as well or apple music perfect perfect so yeah lenny dude it's been a long time yeah. and it's rattling a lot of the memories but um man i, I appreciate it coming down seriously yeah some some of the memories i was like kind of I used to know dates, you know, and yeah. and who we played with a lot more than I do now. Getting old, I guess. This is, I mean, that's the thing about doing this too. Is I'm probably going to remember a bunch of shit late tonight. But oh, I should have brought that up. But you know, we can do drops at at some point. You know, on the page too. Yeah. You know, but um, we'll have you back, and then uh, yeah, it'd be cool to come back when we have the new recordings too. Yeah, absolutely. So we can, because, you know, we can drop songs. And again, you know, you can post stuff on our page as well. Or just hit me up and let me know and um, keep it going. And after 30-something years, you're still around and you're you're pretty freaking busy. And that is, that's just amazing. Brother, thanks so much for coming out. (laughs) All right, Lenny. This podcast was recorded at Red Rum Skates. Mixed by me, Jer. Music provided by Breakacre. We appreciate all our listeners and our guests. Please stay tuned until the next one. Have a great one. Bye.